The voice of one crying the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord Make straight in the desert a highway for our God The voice of one crying the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord Make straight in the desert a highway for our God The voice of one crying so I went to I was in, uh, I'd call it the Tabernacle of David too, but uh, I'm in the place where the Pastor Ching Tog meets, but it's called generally the God Life Assembly. And the praise got longer than you guys. <laughs> so, whatever you thought, forget it. Like, oh, we are the ones, our praise and worship goes on and on. I think some of those people do average one and a half to two and a half, three hours, four, right? But this last Sunday, when I was there, they had to rush. So it took only one and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited. It was beautiful to behold. It was beautiful to behold. It was beautiful to behold. Unfortunately, we don't have space like they do. Their space for dancing is as big as this. Of <laughs> the space they left for dancing. As big as this. Of almost. Ah, about this side. Because the seats are everywhere above the gallery too behind them and large open space at the time i wondered why don't they move the seats forward that's the platform there i understood later <laughs> when they and someone came out running like this <laughs> a man a healthy man he ran run and run and then little child joined and then you know and then people come from i just lie down on the ground anyways beautiful i was so blessed to visit with Pastor Ching Talks Church and um, watching, you know, you know, like the abandon. Again, I thought of it. I, I went like, do we do this in God's life? And I, yeah, we do. We have done all these things. But it's when we have space. I was thinking about how we don't have space here. Nobody you can't even move properly. That's why the closest dance you have to do is the jumping, <laughs> jumping jack dance. Because where, where are you going to dance to? Which, which way? There's no space to dance. And uh, it was such a blessing to watch them. Just very free in their worship, you know, and their pastors just so interesting, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he just, just nobody cares. <laughs> it's like everybody goes into a friend, you know. Just happy in the Lord, beautiful, beautiful. And um, you know, something very interesting happened. Um, so we started recording hymns. When last week? I was not around last week. Oh, this is this week. Okay, good. We started recording him when last week. Last week, just last week. And I get there and you know, I meet uh, Pastor Ching Tong after the Sunday meeting. Oh, he announces in the meeting how they are going to meet to record Hausa hymns. So they started that Sunday, that evening. That's why they rushed the meeting because they had to finish and go and get ready. He had invited guests, other pastors from other uh, churches from other states, from Sokoto, from Yola, a couple of them, they, they sang during that, that meeting. If you look on YouTube, you see different people coming up to sing. Those were not his church music ministers. They were from other states, you know. And he had gathered them to sing hymns. Now, for those who don't understand, so the uh, God's Lighthouse music team, you know, I had instructed them 
the week before I traveled, that they should record him. They started. Hymns that you know, hymns, hymns, you know. So getting there and hear him say, oh, that this is the first, we are going to do at least two more this year, record 10 hymns in each concert. Now, do you think God is bringing out things from his household, both new and old? Oh, yes. You know, he said like about 10 things I preached on Friday before leaving here. He said it that Sunday morning. I mean, specific passages, it was most amusing. You can't make those things up, okay? Not possible. In his sermon, he touched on one thing after another. I was, I, I stopped jotting them down after a while. It was interesting. Should I tell you one of the things he talked about? Be as wise as serpents. Were here last Friday? He just said random thing. I'm like, okay. Hmm. <laughs> you know? Interesting. He said about 10, about 10 things. It's the 10 things that were specific passages I preached, I mentioned here on the, and I was so blessed. And I wondered about, wow, how the Holy Spirit, you know, of course, we've talked about this in the past. We've seen this happen so many times over the years in so many places. We've, you know, it's very common for me to share something and I get home and I'm on YouTube and I open a message and some pastor in America was preaching that same day. Some big name, but typically some prophetic minded, you know, individual or had preached it the day, some days before. And of course I hadn't seen it and I came and preached it. And then you see, you know, it's so always so beautiful to see that that's what gives me confidence for any of you that I ever wonder. And you wonder, <clears throat> is God really speaking through our pastor? Um, how do we know? Um, are you sure we mustn't bring a lot of outside ministers in here at once? I want you to not... Well, I normally say if you have questions, ask, even about things like that. But I'm just sharing with you in advance or informing you that we, we have a great favor from the Lord. And it is that we have God talk to us a lot. Talks to us a lot. Tells us things. That's just one way, you know, again, you probably won't know here, but those that, you know, some of the people that live with me, sometimes the leaders know that it is very normal that, you know, we stand here, we preach. Someone stumbles across a message that was preached yesterday or will be preached tomorrow by Rick Joyner. And it's the same message. It's the same thing. So when God began to tell, show me this, when was the first time I saw this? It would be about 2008 when I was newly married and uh, we, uh, three days after our wedding, you know, had some prophetic word. I've shared these things before. I won't go into detail. If you want to hear the story, ask someone that has been here. Three days later, a, prof a friend called and shared a prophetic word for me, my ministry, you know, me and my wife. And then that was the 24th day of June. We could say, we could say it's the 24th day of the sixth month, you know. And, uh, fast forward, 24th day of the ninth month, 24th, of, uh, 24th September, using the Gregorian calendar, which is not exactly the same, but it's the 24th day of the ninth month. You know, the Lord spoke to us again. You couldn't have planned it. I mean, we woke up from sleep in the morning by 5 a.m. and, you know, so, 
It's later we confirmed and looked at the date. And I said, what's today's date? And we looked and it was 24th. You know, and he spoke to us from the book of Haggai, where it says on the 24th day of the ninth month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai. Now, he, the message there, I'm going to shake the heavens and shake the earth. And then I now, as we kept talking, me and my wife, and I said, what's today's date? And we opened the calendar and it was the 24th day of the ninth month. That's what I mean. You can't make these things up, you know. But specific words, 24th day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet, also. That's why my son's name is Haggai, to remind me. My first son, you know, because 24th day of the ninth month of the sixth month, the next year after that, he was born on the same date. Okay. That was God doing like, remember, remember. Now, prophet Haggai is a prophet of the second temple. What that means is there was a temple that was built. You all know about the temple of Solomon and it was torn down. The temple of Solomon was destroyed by the Babylonians. A new temple was rebuilt. The temple under the hands of who? Zerubbabel, which means out of Babylon. So the city that destroyed the temple of God, one came out of that city and rebuilt the temple of God. Zerubbabel from Babylon, out of Babylon. And the temple was rebuilt. We don't know about that temple in detail. Why? Because it's not given. Why? Because it's a picture of a spiritual temple built by God himself. The details are not stated. What we have there is the knowledge that the glory of that latter temple is greater than the glory of the former. And that temple, why it wasn't described or anything, is because it's a prophecy of the temple which God is building now through his spirit in our life. That's what that temple is. So this whole ministry, once in a while, I like to reiterate, explain, remind you of what this ministry is about. God's Lighthouse, Church Family, and the other associated ministries. Because I know every once in a while, someone is going to wonder, okay, you guys are like a normal church, but also you're not very normal. A difference in some ways. And all I would tell you is enjoy whatever you see while it lasts because you never know what will happen next. We don't have a form or a pattern anywhere. There's no fixed form. There's no fixed pattern. We don't feel obligated to have any such thing. What we feel obligated to do is do exactly what God has said we should do per time. Those songs we sang, those two songs we sang, those are the two songs the Holy Spirit gave me to sing. Not planned. Okay. I hear it playing in my head. I sing it many times. I don't even know the song. I just remember one line. Then I need these people to sing it because I'm just hearing a line. Sometimes you see me pause, stand. I'm struggling. No, let's pray and sit down. Then and he says, sing the song. Sing the song. And I'm like, yes, Lord. I don't want problems. So you sing the song. Say, stop singing the song. Know how you guys would love to operate. You like to go on singing forever. Seven songs, ten songs. But I won't sing because, oh, it's singing time. So sometimes like, we don't sing at all. Sometimes we go this way or we go the other way. Sometimes we don't preach at all. Just prayer. Whatever happens. Because that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. Then it's his meeting. That's the glory of the latter house. That is the nature of the second temple. 
the nature of the second temple is to bring light and truth continually. The nature of the second temple is to shine light in the darkness. And the nature of the second temple is to be a place where the spirit of the Lord can abide and show himself freely. If we do not allow the Lord to build, to be the one who does the building of the second temple, you end up building a temple that will be pulled down again. Is this clear? Yes. He will end up pulling it down. He will send Babylonians or some other city to come and pull it down. If you allow him to build, that's why you must only do what he's doing. Say what he's saying. If the Holy Spirit is insisting, talk about this. And you say, no, that's not what I plan to preach about. I'm going to preach about this other thing. You see, what you just built during that time is not the Lord building it. It's you building it. When you are the one coming up with the design, when you are the one deciding what material will go where, when it's not the Lord, then whose house is it? Whose temple? The book of Hebrews chapter 3, quickly, let's look at that. About houses. Honor is given to the one who builds the house. Therefore, holy brothers, Hebrews chapter 3 from the first verse. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, set your focus on Jesus. On who? Who should our focus be on? Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess. Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess. He says we should set our focus on him. What next? He says, he was faithful. Who was faithful? The Lord Jesus was faithful to the one who appointed him. Let's just interpret as we are going, okay? Who should I be faithful to? I mean this pastor standing here. Who should I be faithful to? The one who appointed me. Shouldn't I be faithful to the board of deacons? What about the national synod? I ask you a question. Are there people all over the world faithful to the human beings? So who appointed them? Do you agree that whoever you're faithful to is the one you deem to have appointed you? And therefore, if you're faithful to the Lord, hear and hear well. If you are faithful to the Lord, it means you have recognized that he appointed you. One of the ways I can know who appointed someone, I've seen preachers, and I know God did not appoint them. How? How do I know? I just finished telling the answer now. Just look at who they are faithful to. Watch how they make decisions. You're looking at them, and you're saying, but, 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 pastor, one, two, three, four, five. It's very clear now, the Bible. Say, no, 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 no. You want there to be problems here? So they are faithful to another. And you're showing that God says, and they don't care what God says. Their faithfulness is to the one they deem to have appointed them. The one whom you deem to have appointed you is the one you will find yourself faithful to. There are many people that cannot understand certain preachers. They wonder why. Why don't you do what you're told? Why can't you comply? Why, why, why must you cause problems? It's very easy to understand them. They're like, why do you? That's right. 
I know, again, I don't have a board over me or anything. I have the Lord over me. I choose the Lord over a board. Now, once in a while, you've heard me preach and you hear me tell you I don't answer to you. You've heard me say that, right? Once in a few months, I remind you, you know, you're not my boss. I don't answer to you at all. You have no say. It's not a democracy. There's nothing like that. There's no democracy here. I answer to the Lord. And once in a while, I come across people that cannot understand the concept of people who answer to the Lord. There are very many people like that. Christians, some leaders. I mean, I'm more shocked by the ones who claim to be leaders. And you look at them, you're in awe. Like, and you wonder, who appointed you, sir? Who called you? And some are so answerable to people that they really do not believe. I had, uh, I was in the airport earlier today and I was playing a clip uh, and I heard uh, Apostle Romel Sai say that a preacher said to another preacher, oh dear, I can't remember what this preacher said, but this other preacher responded, oh, you're one of those who want to go to heaven. You're one of those who still want to go to heaven. That's a preacher saying to another preacher who was trying to say something like, no, we, I shouldn't do something or we should do something because God wants it. And a preacher says to another preacher, ah, you're one of those that want to go to heaven. Imagine following a preacher who doesn't want to go to heaven. <laughs> wow, where are you guys going to? Jesus talked about, he said, blind leaders of the blind. And he said, both of them will fall into a hole. You're going to be following someone who has no eyes, holding them confidently. Yes, sir, lead on. Have you checked the eyes of the person who is leading you on? Because that may be all he's doing, just leading you on. He couldn't possibly lead you. He can't see. You're confidently following. And someone else comes in. Come, let me help you. Leave me alone. I'm safe here. No, you're not. You're headed to a pit. It's just that you haven't reached it yet. Once you reach that pit, you're going to hear, hey, left, right, left, dog. Bam. There may be movement thereafter or not, depending on the depth of the pit. Don't follow a blind person. You are faithful to the one you deem to have appointed you. I've had people speak to me a few times and I wonder, why would it occur to you that what you're saying would be, oh, wow, you don't know me at all. And you just came, you just came to see me without knowing about me at all. You came to see me, to tell me to be unfaithful to the one who appointed me. Wow. I don't know if fire will thunder you or what will, but you better shift. You are faithful to the one you deem to have appointed you. The one you think appointed you. That's the person you're committed to. You seek to please. So always ask yourself, who am I seeking to please? Whoever you're seeking to please is the person you have esteemed as your appointer. You are the appointee of that person. If you think the Lord appointed you to do anything, God appointed it. Why? Let me use an example that some of you understand better. You are a male or a female. And you believe God wants you to marry someone. And you are of the mind that God has appointed that you and I marry. Okay. You see, I'm constantly telling people, is it God? That's all my wahala. One is who is behind it. Two, when. When is important. Okay. Sometimes God may do something, but it may not be time. But there's the who or what. And then there's the when. There's the when. It's not enough to say, they appointed me. Okay, when does your appointment take effect? What does your appointment entail? What are you meant to do in line with your appointment? He was faithful to the one 
who appointed him. I, I think you should pray for a short moment. Uh, this is a prayer. First prayer point. Just where you're seated, pray with your heart so the Lord will answer you. Mean it. If you mean it, he'll answer you. Father, please let me be sure or be certain of what you have appointed me to do. Pray. Father, please ascertain to me what you would have me do. I need to understand my appointment. What have you appointed for me? Amen. You're still praying. Job chapter 14, verse 14 says, Job 14, verse 14 says, If a man dies, shall he live again? When a man dies, will he live again? King James here says, All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. All the days of my appointed time. There are appointed times. There are appointed times. Times for war. The word is sabah in the Hebrew, sabah, and it's defined as that which goes forth. Army, war, warfare, post. In other words, the days of my battle. Let me see another translation. The days of my warfare. All the days of my trouble. This one calls it, it, it trouble, you know. Let me see another. Why did you pick that translation? All the days of my struggle until my relief comes. I want you to see it. Until my renewal comes. All the days of my heart service, I will wait until my renewal comes. So the word sabah, you know, sabah means that which goes forth. An army, war, warfare, host. Okay? A host of an organized army, a host of angels of the sun, moon, and stars, of the whole creation, or warfare, service, go out to war. That's what that word means. Now, you couldn't think that if you're reading King James, you say, all the, all, all the days of my appointed time will I wait. Your appointed time of service. I want you to ask, this is how the psalmist said, he said, teach me to number my days that I might apply my heart to wisdom. Teach me to number my days that I might apply my heart to wisdom. When you number your days, it makes you wiser. When you realize, I have an appointed time. I have a time assigned to me. The word means to be assigned, a time assigned also. The period, it's a period of time for certain things to happen. If you don't use that time well, it will run out. You will have no more of that time. Is it tough? Yes. Hard service. Warfare is hard. Marching in the rain, in the sun. Not being able to change your clothes. If you're a soldier, it's a very different life. But the average person does not see himself as a soldier. The average person does not see himself or herself as someone that is taxed with anything. They see themselves as people who can, you know, life... The attitude is more of like life is, life just happened. Life does not just happen. Life does not just happen. There's a time you are assigned. There's a duty you are assigned. That duty will be hard sometimes. You're meant to maximize it. If you don't understand it, you're going to spend your life complaining. But you are assigned a time. 
and duties like every other person. And one day God is going to say, yes, you, the duty I gave you. Okay, well done, good, faithful servant, good. Yes, yeah, nice. Yeah, well done, good, faithful servant. Yeah, what? Say, you buried it. Why did you bury it? And it was too hard. You're a hard and austere man. Meaning what? The other people I gave duties did it. Oh, oh, you're too big. Okay, your time is up. Come. Go and read Luke chapter 12. If you don't know the story, Luke chapter 12. Note it, go and read it. Luke chapter 12. The scriptures tell you that servant was punished. Punished. Severely. It says, he who knew his master's will and did not do it. You, you assigned a task. Hey, let me say something. I'm pausing to say something. We are going to go back to Hebrews. If you are excused, your excuse is that why you failed in your responsibility is that what you were told to do is hard. What is not hard? Sleeping? How many of you find it hard to sleep? I'm keeping my hand up because I find it hard to sleep. How many of you don't speak English? How many of you find it extra hard to sleep in the afternoon? It's almost impossible. The first one was night. Too. They thought it was night. So if you think there's anything that is not hard, you're not serious. Everything is hard in this world for someone. But we must do the hard things. Yes? Oh, we must do it. So you spend your life grumbling and talking about how things are hard. What do you mean? You, when you came into this world, you came causing pain as we were coming. Your mother went through hardship. Your father too. Have you heard of gentlemen standing up in the middle of the night, woken up by women around 11.30 that they feel like eating strange, exotic things. People putting themselves at risk, walking on the road. I will not call names. Walking on the road by 11.30, looking for... What if they get robbed? What if they are beaten up? Life is hard. I'm just saying that for all those women that think the unit and the one that carry for nine months. There's someone who carried the person who was carrying someone for nine months too. This carrying, we are carrying together. Stop acting like it's only you that carried something. Everybody's carrying something. Yes? Yes, guys. Yes, men. Life is hard. We suffer. All of us together. We suffer because life is hard. All the appointed time for your service. It will end. It will end. Do you understand? There's a time for war. The time for war came. Do you remember the season when men, things go to war? Have you heard that before? If you look at that in the book of um, Second Samuel, there's a time when kings go to war. If you look at the book of Second Samuel chapter 10, but... Uh, Oh, chapter 11, reading from well, in the first verse. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war. Are you seeing that? David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. So there's a time. There's a time for everything. But it doesn't go on forever. It has an end. It ends. All right? Let me show you an example. Um, it typically comes to an end. There's a time when it ends. You know, battles. Battles have a beginning. Battles come to an end. Well, okay, let me not read anymore. But the point is, you know it ended now, of course. If I gave you the evidence, it would have been that the Bible says that um, they conquered and uh, they put those people under uh, subjugation. But you find that in the Chronicles. You, that detail you find in the Chronicles. So, what's my point? My point is that there's warfare, there's a time for things, and there's an end to things. There's an end to things. Okay? Um, first Chronicles chapter 20, you can read from the first verse. It tells you in the spring, First Chronicles 20, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, Joab led out the armed forces. He laid waste the land of the Ammonites, went to Rabbah, besieged it. 
but David remained in Jerusalem. Joab attacked Rabbah and left it in ruins. And he took the crown from the head of their king and it was placed on David's head. Have you heard that? Now, see, that's how wars should end. That's what happens when, can I summarize, you know, by saying that that's what should happen at the end of your hard service, all the days of your hard service. It should end up with a crown on your head. Did you, did you see verse, verse two? David took the crown from the head of their king and David, and it was placed on David's head. Have you seen that? Was found to weigh talent of gold, was set with precious stones and it was placed on David's head. That's a result of war, of hard service. That's the result. You don't just lie down on your bed and say, hey, you know, at the end, there's no need to stress yourself. At the end, everybody will enjoy the same. It's a lie. Everybody will not enjoy the same. Those who worked hard, those who labored, those who gave themselves to, you know, striving harder will come out with victory. Is this clear? Yes. This is very, very important. And then they took the rest of the people and put them under subjugation. Okay. He took a great quantity of plunder from the city, brought out the people who were there, consigning them to labor with saws and with iron picks and axes. David this, did this to all the Ammonite towns. Then David and his entire army returned to Jerusalem. Have you seen that? This is the, an example of the benefits of applying yourself. I want you to ask God, help me know the times and seasons of my life, the times of my appointment, so I can gain the victories and the advantages that are available. May I not lose the opportunity to go to war. May I not stay in Jerusalem when it's time to go to war. May I proceed out and fight the battles. Father God, give us the awareness, the reality, the understanding of the necessity to accomplish, to execute, to carry out every responsibility that we have been given, no matter how hard it is, no matter how hard it is, deliver me from lethargy. The duty of praying is one of the hard things you must do. Whatever it is, because of the benefits, because of the benefits, it's hard. Yes, but there's a reward. There's a reward. Oh, teach me to number my days that I may apply my heart to wisdom. Oh, good Father, empower me, enable me. Give me the alertness and the awareness. Deliver me from the slumber, the sleep, the sleep of the dead, the sleep of the dead, the sleep of the dead. That stops us from going to war when we should. All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. All the days of my hard service until my change comes. All the days of my warfare. I will wait till my change comes. Amen. Father, help us to wait in our place. Amen. Help us to stay at our duty post. Amen. Until our change comes. Amen. Every spirit of unbelief, we renounce you. Spirit of lethargy, weakness, spirit of sleep, slumber, demonic spirits of sleep. Take authority over you right now. Amen. Say, I renounce sleep. I renounce sleep. Spirits of slumber. Spirits of slumber. Take your hands off me. Take your hands In off me. In the 
name of Jesus. All the days of our hard service, I will wait. I will wait. Until my change comes. Amen. Take note, that place didn't say, I'll wait till I'm tired. He said, until my change comes. Do you understand that mindset? Oh, that's the difference between the victors and those who will fall by the wayside. There's a set of people whose attitude is until, until the Lord blesses me. Until the change comes. Until my deliverance arrives. Until. You insist. Say, until. There are those. There are those. If you will stand your ground. You will stand your ground. If you will stand your ground until the change comes. You know why most people change never comes? Oh, you're never there when change arrives. It's not that change didn't come. You were gone. You didn't hear me. Put that verse back up there. You're supposed to wait until the change came. Why weren't you there? This is Job. All the days of my appointed time will I wait. Where were you when change came? Oh, you weren't waiting anymore. You had given up. There are so many servants. Who, people who have said, Lord, I'll do your will. I'll serve you. But they couldn't wait. They can't wait. Say, God, please, please, I'm giving you till I'm 25. Please, 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 please. I, I'm not saying this, no, no disrespect, man, but please, once I'm 25, please, if you don't show. <laughs> Lord, you know, this is this just me and you. It's in my heart. Mm. It's not that I'm telling everybody, but please, God, eh, please. Let's say what, you know all those things you don't say out. Me, I, I, my job, what my job is to say it out. Mm, God, 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 even you, self, you know that as a, a young lady, uh, time is not waiting for us. Our biological clock, start discussing biology, physics, clocks, and all sorts of subjects, chemistry. Uh, so, uh, uh, that, you see that attitude? You know, there's change, then there's change. It's God's change. And then there's the other kind of change. Like the change of the shape of your face. There's all sorts of other changes that people have undergone. Never. Let me tell you something. Don't ever give God a deadline. It is folly. The Bible did not say I'll wait until I decide. Until I'm tired. No. Until your change comes. The whole scriptures speak about times and seasons. When people, now with Abraham, when did his change come? How old was he? 100 years old. If they told Abraham when he was 25 years old, uh, Abraham, A.B. Um, A.B. <laughs> mm, mm. I am going to do something wonderful in your life. What will you do? Amen. Amen. Fan, I, I will change it uh, through your lineage. Amen. How old is he, bros? You see, God always seems to forget to tell us the time. I don't know if you've noticed. He, he seems, maybe he thinks it's not important. I think he thinks it's not important. Well, because without faith, you cannot please him. Who needs faith when you know the time? What is he faith for? What is he faith for? What is he faith for? What is faith for when you know the time, exact time when you're going to feel very spiritually sound? If the first day, say, oh, you see this challenge you struggle with? You see this, your anger, where you flare up like that? Exactly three and a half months from now, it will end. It will be on a Tuesday, around 1 p.m. Who would be troubled? When you blew up against your housemate, 
you know, how dare you? And people are swearing that they saw the eyes of a demon. You know? If you knew the date, it will end. And you were, how dare you? He said, don't worry, you know it will end soon. Don't worry, have, don't worry, we left. Please don't, please don't be like Where's the need for faith? Faith, which faith? But without faith, you cannot please God. So you would never please God because there's no faith in you. You know everything. But God says, those who trust in me are immovable. I like Mount Zion. You know how you guys read that? I'm not saying it's not true. Those who trust in me, hey, the enemy will come and bash you and you'll not move. I agree. But let me just add, those who trust in me, don't move. Sorry, you, can you fault that interpretation? Didn't he say they are like Mount Zion that cannot be moved? Didn't he say that? He said those who trust in me. As usual, you, we love the promises. Yes, so Yes, sir. Uh, have you considered there is not a promise or only there might be an instruction? Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. It cannot be moved. It abides forever. You know its position. That's Psalm 1 to 5 verse 1. You know its position. Fine girl. You don't want to go and eat with me. I've told you no. I don't know if you don't hear. Oga. Fine girl. Fine girl. Oh. One day you go and eat with me. One year, two years, three years. You're in your final year now. Oh, let's just have something. I won't ask you because you're many. You know all those times you had said something and then you moved. A moving mountain. You moved. You moved. You moved. You embarrassed. Your angel went like, you know, evil. You moved. You said you wouldn't move. You know that man has no right talking to you. What's the, what, what relationship? Second Corinthians chapter six has light with darkness. The temple of God with idols. What? None. Then you started, you know, it never happens physically. It happens in your mind. You moved in your mind. You moved. Well, what's the big deal there now? Um, um, how else will I lead him to Christ? Yes, because the way to lead people to Christ is by eating their money. By chopping their money. That's how to lead people to Christ. Mm. It's a world-renowned method. Bible says if you are given to appetite, put a knife to your throat. Hold your throat. If this controls you. you don't croak, croak. Sorry, that's a tongue. Men, they are those who have interpretation. Some of you are laughing like your mother told you a lot. Are you laughing like that? Like you, That used to be your, son, your nickname. Excuse me. Okay, so this is specific for someone. Hold your throat. Hold your throat. You see that your throat? So they will not cut it. Hold your throat. Chicken. Goat meat. You will eat it in this world. I promise you in the name of Jesus, you will have opportunity to eat chicken and goat meat. Do not eat it from a wicked man. Why would you? Is it like oxygen? Why? Why would you? Hold yourself. You know yourself. Don't say you are not told. For what? There are people in the grave. There are skeletons now. Because of chicken. Yes, they will never have children. They cut them into pieces. Chicken. They butter them like a chicken. They cut them with a chicken. Then turn them into chicken. For what? What folly? You couldn't hold on. You couldn't save. You couldn't sell one of your, your shoes and buy chicken. That will hurt your throat. You never know what you're dealing with. 
You never know what you're dealing with. God tells him, I am going to do this, but he doesn't know the time. He's going to have, so faith. Let me explain what faith is. Faith, you go and read Hebrews chapter 11, the last, read the whole chapter, but the last few verses. If you've done the class on faith towards God, you, you were stood. Are you listening? Faith is the gap. Faith is needed in the gap between the promise and the fulfillment. And the Bible tells you in the book of Hebrews 11 that everything you read of in the Bible about people that walk by faith and receive, that they did not receive the promise. Those things you saw that they got was not the promise. The promise is bigger than that. How do I explain this? Let me explain what's in the Bible. Daddy says, hey, hey, you know what? I'm going to give you something that will blow your mind. Have a gift for you. All of you above 18, have a promise. If you will do what I say, I will give you something amazing. Now, the funny thing is that the Bible tells you the thing, but most people cannot see it. It's all over the Bible, but they can't see it. It's called the resurrection of the dead. I constantly preach about it. You want to know it? Go and listen to any of 50 messages I've preached. You hear me talking about it over and over again. That was the promise. But in the process of getting to, now let me use my human example. Daddy is going to give you a car. As He'll give a car to every single one who reaches the finish line of what he told them to do. In the process of them doing this thing, he says, they'll have to tie their eyes and cover it. And then he will say, bend down two feet, Reach forward to your left. Press the button you feel there. And at different stages in this game or this journey, you will be given rewards. Are you listening? Please pay attention. I have to use examples because I have pay attention so you understand. Understand Christianity. Understand why you should be born again. Understand it. If you don't understand it, they'll be begging you unnecessarily and you'll be acting as though they are checking you. Every time you do different things, sometimes after three buttons you have pressed or three tasks that you were given, you may say, here's your reward and you can remove your blindfold. Wow. And you see there's a place, there are couches and there's cups of cooling drinks, you know, like smoothies, you know, cold Banana splits and sundaes and, and nice stuff. And you sit down, relax, and you, whoo, and there's a small swimming pool there. And there's all of that. And you're like, wow. Let me tell you what Christians say. This was what daddy promised. And daddy said, no. All this enjoyment I'm enjoying now, that's not what I promised. I'm just giving you a break now. I didn't call you to a life of absolute misery. After a while, and that's when people come and testify. Brethren, I want to give praise. This our God is real. I say this our God is real. I said this our God. Everyone is running, scatter, scatter all over the place. Why? Praise. If anybody says God is a liar, what happened? God brought him to a small oasis in his obstacle course journey. He or she turned it into destination. That is not the destination. That's a break. They break. He will, they will put the blindfold on you again and the journey will continue again. 
different things will happen. And some people will say, I don't want to do a game, please. I'm, I'm tired, my waist. <laughs> I just want to go and rest. Whatever. I've, this one I've enjoyed. Let me stay around this area. Not that you can control how long it will stay. You can't. But don't worry. Some people, when they get to that place, maybe the first or the second or the third such break, they refuse to allow the blindfold to be put on them anymore. That was the end. They are all, again, I should introduce you to them. Many of you are them. You're sitting here. That's, you, this is exactly how you think. You're waiting for that time. You have that very good job. You marry that very nice spouse. You will settle. You will this, you will that. You think that was what God promised. But Hebrews 11.39 tells you that out of all those people you read about in the Bible that saw miracles, signs, and wonders when they trusted in God, he said these were all commended for having faith, for being willing to walk blindfolded. Yet, read with me, they did not receive what was promised. From Genesis to Revelation, Genesis, nobody, maybe in Revelation, but Genesis down, according to scriptures, none of those people, it, the people that received their children back from death, the people that came out of the fiery furnace, the people that escaped lions, everything you read there, that was not the promise. That was a stage heading towards the promise. Till today, they have not received the next verse. God had planned. Say planned. Something better. God had appointed something better for us. Let's read together. So that together with us, they would be made perfect. This thing has not happened yet. And I'll just quickly tell you what it is. It's called the first resurrection. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. You're still on the way. There's nothing you experience on your way there. So if your father kept, oh, when he opened your eyes, you saw a small swimming pool, some juice, and then he told you, follow this man. Okay, go with this. Okay, now leave this donkey out. Different tasks were given to you. At different times, you got some reward. They led you into an air-conditioned room after you had a cool shower. You know, you really enjoyed it. So you're like, oh, this must be the destination. It is never the destination. If everyone you read about in the Bible, none of them attained the promise. What's the promise? The promise is sonship. Was it last Friday we talked about it on Wednesday? The promise is the stature of angels. That's the promise. Nobody you read about in the Bible became like an angel. Except the Lord Jesus, who is the firstborn amongst many brethren. The promise God has, the thing your faith is leading to, the destination. Let's use that example we used earlier on. Is that you get to the end and your father says, for those of you that completed the course, didn't stop on the way, and stay in the air-conditioned room, or stay with the swimming pool, or stay at this stage or that. Well done. Come, here's your reward. This shiny car that fits your taste exactly, this building, these companions, this, 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 this. Here, this is what I always plan. Have you noticed where we are? Where are we? Look now. Wow, this is your house now? Yes, I'm sharing my house with you. You guys are going to be like me. Here's authority, similar to my authority. You can, how can you compare that to all those tiny short breaks you got on the way? There's no comparison. I'm explaining it. Many, many, many Christians have never heard one time what the reward 
is for being a Christian. They've never heard it. They were told that it's going to heaven. What I just described is not going to heaven. Jesus never, ever, ever, ever told someone that the reward for following him is going to heaven. No. In many passages, Luke 19, Matthew 19, in 1 Corinthians 15, in the book of Revelations chapter 2 and 3, and chapter 20, 21, 22. All over the scriptures, the, you are told from the mouth of the Lord and his apostles what the reward will be. By John the Apostle in 1 John chapter 3, you are told, says, when you see me, you shall be as he is. And how we see Hebrews chapter 2, he tells you over and chapter 1, 2, over and over again, he tells you the reward. And no time did he say, oh, the reward is you make heaven. So how did that become the official teaching of the majority of the body of Christ? It's called blindness. How come something is written in the Bible? It's right there. And everybody believes something else. The reward was that they would be as he is. Sonship was the reward. Sonship. Not the title. I'm a son. Show it. That anyone ever tells you? No? I don't know what that your pastor is saying. Me, I'm a son now. Show the proof. Let me show you the son in the Bible. This is what he can do. He can disappear. He doesn't have to walk. He comes and goes. He's like a spirit with a body. He has flesh and bones. That's the son. When a son shows up, things change. Creation is healed. Adjusted. The Bible tells you creation is waiting. Romans 8. For the manifestation of the sons. So you are a son. We've been waiting for you. Yeah? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the weather is very hot. And uh, we would like it to be cool. Uh, who agrees? Uh, please do, do, do what sons are meant to do. I beg. Stop, stop. Just cool this weather. Change it to. Don't change it to just weather. Change it to. Well. I want to say one quarter. I think it's still too cool at night. We can do one quarter of just weather now. In just, when you enter the house. Now, I first went to just in 1999, I think it was. <laughs> I've been there a few times, but it's been a, last time I went was 2019. You come out of the house or the car, anything. It's like entering the air conditioning. The air conditioning is the atmosphere outside. It's the opposite. <laughs> At night, it gets so cold. So cold. Every window closed. You don't even know why it's so cold. Why are you so cold? Sweater, t-shirt, pyjamas. That's not enough. No. Blanket. Mm, maybe. I was reminded recently. Do that. Sun. Son of God, you just please lower the lower the temperature here. It's hot. Mm -mm. You can't, cause you're not a son. Nothing. You don't even know what it means. There's a process to attain sonship. Believer, praise God. I believe. Disciple, can I learn at your feet? Servant, yes, sir. I will go. Friend, I will not do anything without telling my friend Abraham. Son, here, take my authority and go and act on my behalf. Here's my ring. That's sonship. Sonship is, that thing you're calling sonship is called babyhood. Many has believed. He gave them power. Say power. Power to become a technon. 
not in yours. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. You read it in the King James. Power to become a son, King James. Read the NIV, power to become a children of God. The word children there means a child of God. One of God's progeny. That's all. Yeah. Translation matters. Okay. Uh-huh. So, so, as a child, why not? As a child, you are supposed to eat your thumb brown. Open your mouth and eat and keep quiet in between. Now, come, let me change your diaper. You're smelling. Sorry, what I'm describing is not a child. Who has handled a child before? Forget you. You were born big. Who has handled a child before? Can you picture a child saying, Do you know my father's name is Dangote? What's your answer to him? So, come, if I will be. Go on. Go on, lie down and sleep now. My father's name is Dangote. So, what? Do you know this is my car? Technically, yes. Maybe thought that's theory. They even come near the front side. Where's this boy? Where's this child's uh, uh, car, car seat? They strap, they imprison you every time you enter your house. Imprison you. I'm a son. You're, you're a child. Sit down. Let them tie you up. What I've described, is this child abuse or reality? Is he not Dangote's son? Is he not his first son? Will he be strapped? Very seriously, because nobody can, nobody wants to answer a guy any strong question. Yes? They'll strap him, then they'll sit next to him and press him and hold him down again. And I'm so you're Dangote son, so what? That's exactly why you not move. But this is my car. All these cars, you're saying here, these 82 cars parked in this company's mount. Yes, but you won't touch a single steering wheel for a very long time. Yes, no? Until your change comes. It has not come yet. Sweet boy, give auntie a kiss. <laughs> it is what it is. Any disagreement, anyone thinks this is a sin, this is against God's will, you should free the child. Free the child. It is right. It is father's property. How dare you stand in the, in, 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 in the way of, 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 of the liberty which God has brought you. No, there's no liberty yet. The liberty is you are liberated from your mother's womb. That's all. Liberty is in levels. Have we talked about this? You were liberated to be a, an inhabitant of this earth. You were liberated to come out into the world. That's all you were liberated to do. Your liberty was you can come into the earth. There's levels of liberty. Then one day you'll be liberated to drive a small toy car. Red. As wheels. Zoom, 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 zoom. You drive it with your hands, sitting on the ground. One day they'll take you to an amusement park and you say, Daddy, I want it in the house. So he'll build a playroom for you because he's very wealthy. And you drive a small car, boom, boom, and hit the wall. All around that car is padding, padding, padding. Then that car, you sit in it, you're very low, only your head is showing. Why? Nobody wants anyone flying out of small toy car. That car is organized in a way that there's no room for error. Yes? Yes, sir. Yes. How old are you now? Around four, five, six. Yes, that's, that's how we are. Are you still the child of Dangote? Yes. A son. You're not even a girl. You're a son. He's, and you're his first son, yes? yes? Glory to God. You'll not still touch any car. Even the most tattered car in his compound, nobody allow you to sit on there. You can't even see, oh, you can't see above the dashboard. So where did you say you wanted to go? Until your appointed time comes, until your change comes. Everything is stage by stage. I'm explaining sonship. Is this where? 
I keep saying it is such indiscipline in the body of Christ. Such, I know it's rooted in ignorance. Even though I'm not too patient with those who have it explained to them, that they still say, no, 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 I'm a, no, I'm a son. I know who God says I am. So do I. I know exactly who God says you are. And that's what I'm telling you about. Is you, you don't know who God says you are. God says you are to be handed over to tutors until a time. So God will put tutors into your life and shape you. And then the end of that time will come. And one day you may be around 18. And your father will say, oh yes, please. Um, junior, you're going to driving school. Learn well, that the car I want to give you, I'm not giving you till I am sure you can drive. Other than that, your mommy will take you where it is what it is. Why? Because daddy hates you. He's just re re restricting your, your, your freedom. Mm -mm. Daddy wants you alive and free. Do you understand? There are free people who are dead, have departed. They are among the departed souls. We don't want that kind of freedom. They freed you and freed your silver cord, freed your spirit from your body. Nobody wants to free you like that. We want you free and present. Who wants to be free and gone? We like to be free and present. Uh, we like you here. There's a freedom that is too much. It's your foolishness that thinks that you should be freed in a way that you, you are lost. God knows that the freedom is to give you must be constrained. The freedom they give you is to be constrained. All right. It takes time to train a son. Teach him different things. Come here, do this, do that. Pull your father to the office, do this, do that. Handle this. Go and work in the distinct departments of the big companies. Do this, do that, do this, do that. Rise, 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 rise. Junior manager, later associate manager, senior manager, this, that, that, that. Join the board. By now you're like 30, 30. Maybe if you're young and start early, 22, 25. None of it happened when you were four. Is this clear? I've explained sonship to you. The promise that the father has is sonship. Sonship is not what you got when you were born. Sonship is what you will achieve when you endure to the end through the father's test. Hebrews 5 verse 8 says, the Lord, concerning the Lord Jesus, though he was a son, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. If the Lord Jesus came down from heaven to come and walk amongst us and still went through the test, who did you say you were again? Because I don't think we've met. Who do you say you are again? Huh? Any, who you be again, oh? Jesus came from heaven. He had a clue of who he was, oh? He still submitted. Last time we hear about him before he's 30 years old, he's at home submitting to his parents. That's what's written there. You see, he went home and submitted, Luke chapter 2, to his parents. Yo, no, no, me, nobody can be bossing me around. Ah, you candidate for never becoming a son, sorry. Because the creator of heaven and earth came home came down and was submitted to a mother and father. And then later on, father was gone. We don't know when, but he was 12 years old when he, his mother was talking and spoke a bit carelessly and said, don't you know me and you? And your father were looking for you, you know, because there are people around. So it will appear, you know, like caring. I don't know if Jesus, it was a mistake. Or he don't answer. Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Like, eh? what about this man standing here? Like, what? <laughs> Jesus, why? I'm just picturing them leaving their Mary going. Don't be talking like that. I know it's not your father. Don't talk like that. 
What do you think those men there would think? Which, why are you going to explain? Oh, don't mind him. Actually, you know, the Holy Spirit overwhelmed me and that's how I had him. Eh? You want to say, don't you know I've been looking for you? How do you explain? So the man standing by hand God, I said, don't you know me and my, your father have been looking for you? Jesus answered, Boop. why were you looking for me? Let me add, why were you people looking for me? Don't you know that my father's business is my priority? My food is to do my father's will and to finish it. And my father's will right now is to engage with these doctors of law, all these uh, who is who of theology, to let them know that they are wrong. That's what he was 12. So don't tell me Jesus didn't know who he was. But the next verse, it tells you that he increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. Because that was the training he had to undergo at that time. To learn obedience to who? To God in heaven. He had to learn it through his obedience to his human parents. So the verse tells you 51 and 52 that he went home down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. This was his training. I keep telling you. So again, listen to all messages. I beseech you. I beseech you. I beseech you. Because I don't repeat many things. I do repeat things a lot for the sake of the new people. But there's a lot more you need to hear. You constantly hear me emphasize that you should learn to obey any authority. Romans 13. Forget the attitude that people have in your society. Grumbling, murmuring against authority. You don't learn that here. Because... I have understanding. I tell you, obey your whole rep. Lousy. Some of them lousy, yes? Who has ever met a lousy whole rep? Very lousy. You don't even understand what they are doing there. I tell you, obey them. Obey the authorities that are. Because she is the authority. It is what it is. Members of all this. You're like, see Everybody around it, say, see, see that one, see that one. You put your mouth, you don't put them out. You don't say, see that one. You don't do anything like that. You do what she says. He says, everyone should be outside by three o'clock. Make sure you, be, 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 be. you do it. You're learning obedience through this thing. You're suffering under this girl. You, it's not how you're doing it for. You're learning obedience to your father in heaven. She's just one of a boss, a parent, any authority. The only place you don't obey is when they tell you to sin. Do you understand? Other than that, you obey. Nobody should drop trash. When you give, do not drop trash. But where are the dustbin? The dustbin is in the common room. So I'll walk down to the common, walk down to the common room and drop it. Other than that, buy your own waterproof bag. Have your personal dustbin. When you're leaving the hostel, carry it and drop. There's always a way out. They said, now, so where was I supposed to drop it? You throw it on the ground. You don't understand. You are disqualifying yourself from sonship. Forget your whole rep. You are disqualified. You don't understand, but you do now because I've explained it to you. Your mother says, you know, someone should, someone should put water on fire. Someone should go and warm food for, uh, 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 your father is back. Oh, they should warm soup. Three of you are sitting in the room. Three, three, three money guzzling children. And someone now says, oh, you sleep, oh. You roll. Now I know what I'm saying here has never happened. God knows. I'm just, so I'm just telling fictitious stories. Eh? Please permit fiction. This is a fiction session. This is where Pastor Ita tells stories that have never happened in anybody's house. 
You and I know it's just this. <laughs> you, your father is about what? Oh, Kai, this exam is coming up next week. Sorry. Oh, I really need to read. You guys should really pray for me. I need to. You're existing since now. It's time for prayer. Now they will be praying for you since when you're just <laughs> so. <laughs> now it's time to pray. And the third one says, "God, you know I think that leg is still paining me." <laughs> wow, wow! You gave a testimony of healing in devotion two days ago. Two days ago, you testified about healing. Now the leg is still paining you. Your mother shouts out, "Did have you boiled that water?" You go now. I'm the one that bought last week. <laughs> That's not what Jesus did, though. I'm just informing you. With your grandiose plans and claims of sonship, sonship, you're nothing. And if you don't stop it, you'll never be. Better jump up. You should have been rushing. I'll boil it. No, I'll boil it. I hear what Pastor said. While they are still dragging, you slip and run and go and boil it. <laughs> Who has understanding for wisdom here? Oh, may you receive wisdom. Amen. If I'm showing to you in the Bible, you better believe it. Stop all this. There'll be a son. Gamka school of ministry. Here I come. Bam. 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 Excuse me, sir. What is a theophany? <laughs> a theophany? <laughs> Who is a Mecca here? This is a message from your father. A theophany, are you a Mecca? Is when you wash your father's car. Well, stand up, leave my class. I'll wash your father's car. That's a theophany. A revelation of how to wash cars. Get out of this pastor. You see, there's so many wrong ideas in our heads. It is why a son can be someone that can't speak English. Can be an old woman who was faithful to God in the village. Oh, wait, wait still. Wait, wait till the trumpet sounds. Wait, 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 wait. You will understand. You will know. That the scriptures told you all of this. Be there forming, look for knowledge. Why? Now, again, I am, I say it with sincerity and intent. Sincere intent. I know very well that a lot of things, I've heard lots of preachers, I've heard them say things. I know God has given me knowledge and understanding because I've, I started asking him in the 90s and he has answered it. He's given me understanding of very many things in the Bible that many preachers don't know, including super popular preachers. I hear once in a while, I hear them say something, I'm like, no, no, that's not right. And don't be angry and say, no, how do you know you're honest, right? Well, because there are seven verses that counter that thing he said. And there are, those seven verses support my own interpretation, okay? Remember, interpretation across the Bible, it will support. And in spite of that, I'll still say, I don't know the full answer. There are other things to it that I may not know, but at least I'm sure of some aspect. I don't go around being overly dogmatic and say, I know everything, especially about the future. But we can have a good idea. For example, I was online today reading someone's comment on something a preacher said. And again, while I was waiting in the airport in Abuja, and I saw there, uh, 
You know, and someone said, no, but he asked a question. Now, I never, you know, I don't know how many times I've commented on a YouTube post on someone's comments, maybe five times or six, because I never just have the time to do that. I struggle. And you can't really, I would like to say, hey, uh, visit God's Lighthouse website. You get answers to these questions. But you can't put a website, uh, YouTube will delete it. So you have to use different methods. Post it. You have to find a way to write it, copy and paste pictures or something. So it takes time. You know, I don't have the time or patience for that. But I responded. You know, I responded. And I said, the, the person seemed serious. He was responding to what different people said. He asked the question. And he seems a serious-minded fellow. So I said, you seem serious. Um, I, and I gave him the beginning of his answer. I said, there are two resurrections. Because he asked a question that shows he does not know that there are two resurrections. You know, and I told him Revelation chapter 20. Which when he goes there, he's going to see. And this is the first resurrection. Now, there's no need to say there's a first something. There's not at least a second. Uh-huh. And it's clear in Revelation 20, in those short 14 verses, that there is a resurrection, and then later on, there's another resurrection. What's called the gener- general resurrection is very clear. Now, many people don't understand it. So when they are reading portions of the Bible, they say, but this place says that we'll be, be with the Lord always. And that's resurrection. Now, that's rapture. He was saying rapture. But if you understand that there is a gap, a thousand-year gap between the first resurrection and the general one, that should open his mind to, okay, now I didn't have much time after that. I had to board my flight I sent him the ministry number. That's all I did. I said, contact. If he does, hopefully he can be directed to the website and he can listen to some messages that will help him. On he was asking a sincere question, you know. Yeah, many people like that. It's why I encourage you all: evangelize online. Tell people they are hungry people. There are people that don't know one of our ten, a thousand of the things you know. Don't take it for granted. People are looking for answers desperately. And they simply have not stumbled across any of those things. Now, I was saying that God has given us lots of answers to things. And it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. You can't say this, Pastor Ita's opinion. I show it to you. I don't like having opinions. I'm, I have some opinions, but I'm not big on opinions where the scriptures have spoken. So I'm very confident of some of that. Like, hey, no, that's not very right, sir. You're an amazing servant of God, but that's not very correct. You, uh, madam, awesome. That's only half true. It can't be completely true because there's this other half which you cannot explain with this interpretation. You can't. But I believe God has shown us in that same Bible, this, this, this. All right? We are not back behind in knowledge. That's what I wanted to say. Is that clear? Anyone that has come here again, I'm really yet to see someone that came here and you're going to say, ah, well, I've heard what you're teaching, but this other place, they thought far more than is a lie. If it's true, you have not said it. I haven't heard it yet in all these years. And this is not boasting. I'm saying this sincerely. I'm saying, you understand what I'm saying for those that are visiting or you're new and you're wondering, why is this sounding like they know? When you read the Bible, you read about Daniel. You read about certain characters. You don't go getting angry with them because they said they knew something. He says this will happen and that will happen. 70 years will pass then, this, then, that, then, that. Or, or Jeremiah. You don't go getting angry at Jeremiah because he says, it is not two years you'll be in captivity, 70 years. The people that were angry with him, they died. He was correct. It was 70 years. Now you can look back now and say, oh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry was correct. Though. You should have believed it then. Why? Because he was correct the other two, three, four, five times before this one. I'm not saying one that has been correct before can never be wrong. Are you hearing me? 
But someone who is often correct, you don't casually look at them and keep every new thing they say. Your, your attitude is no, 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 no. That, that's foolish. After seven times, you should have known. The first seven times you thought they were wrong, they were right. You found out eventually. Shouldn't that make you slightly more humble? Do you think that should count for? Huh? For accepting someone's knowledge, do you think past being proven right in the past should count? Do you think those who are often proven wrong should always be brought and measured equally against those who have often been proved right? Do you think you should always say, well, I'm, I want to be objective. To, yes, I know the other eight times you were wrong out of eight times. <laughs> and, you know, and him, he was right <laughs> eight out of eight. But, um, you know, I'm giving equal. Do you know how weird you are to think like that? You, you have problems. You, this person on the left is you when you grow up. Did I lose you? This is your future. This is how you become, this is how you can be wrong consistently. You have a track record of being wrong. You don't miss being wrong because you do foolish things like that. You've heard the last eight times you confirm something in the Bible. This person was wrong. This one that said this, no, 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 it's in Jeremiah chapter five. This one keeps being right. Then every single time, you say, wait, 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 wait. Let's check first. Let's check first. After a while, it's falling now. You have time. Who understands what I just tried to explain? After a while, I'm not saying one who was right may not be wrong, but I'm saying that you do not casually, you don't, you do not easily, you do not, it's not a form of fairness. It's not a form of objectivity. Are you hearing me? It's a form of folly. It's a form of folly. There's something like loving the truth. There's something like loving the truth. There are some people who love the truth. There are some people that have more insight. There are reasons they have it. There are many reasons. Amongst that will be humility, study, learning obedience through the things you suffer. Humility counts because God is, God says the high and lofty one, Isaiah chapter 57. I dwell in the high and holy place with him that is of a humble and contrite spirit. Jeremiah was humble and contrite. So God will reveal secrets to him. Those priests, those other prophets were proud and conceited. They did not have a relationship with God. So they're consistently wrong. It's nothing like Jeremiah was just a young soul. He was young, uh -huh, but he was right. He was young and right. They do, who are you? How old are you? Meaning what? There's a spirit in man. You have not read the book of Job? All the older people were wrong. All of them. Three of them. The youngest guy was right. At the end of his discussion, as he just got to the end of his discourse, God said, it's all right, Elihu, let me take you from here. And God Almighty stepped on and started talking. As long as those three guys were talking, they were talking nonsense. When God came to Job, he told, offer sacrifice for these your three, three friends that won't deal with them. And they were all older. So Elihu pointed out, he said, I kept quiet because I said age should speak. The older people, let them talk. I mean, I thought that age should speak and many years should teach wisdom. Huh? But there is a spirit in man. The breath of the Almighty that gives him understanding. So what Elihu had was the spirit of God, the spirit of the Almighty. That was at work within him. That's what Jesus had when he was 12. Do you understand? He didn't keep quiet for age to speak. He looked at age and said, <laughs> hey, if this place says this, then what does this one mean? If they kept saying, so, they had taught everyone that Jesus was the son of David. Jesus grew up and asked them, if he was his son, why does he call him Lord? He asked, have you not read it before? Psalm 110. My Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. 
That's the father saying to the son, did I make your enemies your footstool? The Bible says when he asked them, none of them could answer. He didn't just run. In other words, he was telling them, oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He'll go and pray for you. But that day he was pointing out, I'm not David's son. I'm his Lord. I don't know why you guys call me David's son. Now these Pharisees, they teach you that nonsense. That's all. Son of David is a wrong statement. Jesus said to himself. But they had said it for so long. He's the root of David. Do you understand that the root of a thing is the source of it? Jesus is the source of David, not the fruit of David. But they took and interpreted because he came from the lineage of David. So he must be the fruit. They didn't understand that God speaks of the end from the beginning. <laughs> so he was just pointing out, but he didn't, he didn't say too much. He just, he just dropped it like a bomb. Boom. A truth bomb. And moved on. There are many such things. There's a spirit in man. Do you want this spirit? Yes, are you sure you want? Yes, sir. He will tell you things you don't like. Oh. I say he will tell you some things you don't like. Oh. You'll be walking like this, doing something, one argument like this. You just tell you, do you know you're very stupid? I know he's usually nice, but who has had the Holy Spirit tell you before in the argument, say you're wrong. Just, you're just wrong. Just shut up. You're just wrong. Here, keep quiet. For those of you that have not had the privilege, we'll pause and pray for you. How many of you know it's a very great privilege to be rebuked by the Almighty? Who are you? They can't be rebuking you. You know, thank God, the Almighty comes to rebuke you. They, psst, turn, psst, keep quiet. And sometimes you still struggle. Pup, 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 pup. Next thing you bite your tongue, there's blood. That beating his mouth before. Husband was saying, shut up. You still try to talk. You beat, there was blood. Raise your hand properly. Is that how you raise your hand? Raise it. Let them see. Sinners. Keep the hand, keep the hand up. Point the camera. Point the, sinners on the right, sinners on the left. Let me see all the sinners here. Now bite, now you bite. Blood poor, now you shut up. Good, now pause. You're very privileged. How many of you would like this to happen to you when Holy Spirit started? Good, now you see all the people that are jealous of you. That's why I said they should raise their hand. Now look at all the people that are like, please, me too. Now he may not, oh, to be honest. It may be a different thing. I heard a man of God say he was a student in university and he went saying things. There's someone here. You've been having a headache three days. So, because all that's we're doing. After the meeting, the Holy Spirit said, who told you to say those things? Because I was feeling a bit insecure, like other people shine. Me, I'm a leader in this fellowship, not in the show. And when you say someone, people will stand up and raise their hands. And there are people in the crowd that responded. Then the Holy Spirit said, why did you say it? Why? Say big and beat his neck. He swelled, swelled like this, swelled up. I tell you, go back, go and tell them that I didn't send you. <laughs> Who wants to be mentored by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> the thing disappeared. He repented. It disappeared. That man went on to grow up to become the major prophetic voice to Nigeria. That man. I remember I've heard of Tunde Bakare's prophecies. Some of you know because you were born yesterday, so you know him as someone that is running run for president. Ah, you have heard Tunde Bakare from the 90s, 80s, 90s. No, when he says it, it will happen, no? not all these jokers. No, 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 no. It's just NRC will fail, SDP will lose. Uh, eh? There are two parties in the country. What are you saying? He said, members stop. People stayed away. By the next Wednesday, there was no space. Why? Because Abacha showed up and canceled all elections. I was very normal. He just say something. 
all this shouting, people are shouting, Abiola, this and that. He told him he wouldn't come back alive. He told him, don't run at all. You won't come back alive. He wrote him a 12-page letter. Say, is there no old man in, in, in Abiola's house? That if you go, you won't come back. You guys do understand that Abacha was dead before Abiola died, right? That Abiola did not, Abacha did not kill Abiola. Abacha don't die. Go. Abiola was still in prison. Then he died. How? We don't know. We will know. It's not that I'm interested. I'm just gisting you just. But the man told, had said it. He would just say things. Everybody was happy. Obata and He said, Obata and is not the Messiah. Obata and is King Edgar. Prophetic battle acts will come on him before May 29. Some people now say he said he will die. That's not what he said. He said prophetic battle acts will come on him. I heard the prophecy directly. Prophetic battle acts will come on him before May 29. And that was it. He didn't even say what year back. You know, whatever the full interpretation of that was, I'm not going to talk into it now. But I remember that was the first time I paid attention to him, 1999. And then I found out different things he had said about Nigeria, different stages. Why did I start telling this story? Because that young man who lied and repented, are you understanding? That man went on to be the person who would know different things about the country, would see things about the country. The Lord would speak to him about the nation, speak about the future of Nigeria. Tell him amazing things, accurate things, precise things. You must be obedient in the present. You learn obedience through the things you, you suffer. He didn't tell you how they will come. It can come through anyone. It can come through a roommate. I can never share a room with this person. Don't fight too hard that which God is doing. No, who said it's God? I know. You may not be sure. So ask. Say, God, if this is your will, let it stand. If it is not your will, I reject it. Can you pray prayers like that? You should be praying them. That prayer that says, I can never, I can never. Then you make your decision. Let me tell you what you do often. You, you are creating a carryover. You postpone. So you wouldn't do it with a roommate in year two. Now you're going to do it with a housemate doing youth service. You're going to be three to four years older and you're going to have a devil roommate putting you through a class you could have passed in year two when you were younger and less proud. In year two, you could have endured it. You would have been going out and you'd be in class a lot. But now, you're working in a school doing youth service and you're going to be coming back by two o'clock and your roommate, her own posting during the youth service year involves being in the house a lot. And there's no space for you to go to someone else's room. You have to be in your room. And your devil roommate, sorry, your levels roommate. Test you. You're like, did a human being give birth to this human being? You, you're the one that skipped your classes. It's carryover. You have endured in year two. Now you're doing it three and a half years later. This happens all the time. I know there are those of you you've been told, no. No, well, why would you say that? What, what is he even say? It's exactly what happens to most people. Some people are married. Now you will go learn that. The first two years of your marriage, your spouse will cause you so many problems. Carry over. It's after two years, your spouse will change. They are born again, but there will be no grace for them to change for two years. All those, your dodging of classes. Be careful what you dodge. Be careful what you dodge. Because if God says, ah, receipt, oh, ah, receipt. You have never learned to be patient. I'm going to give some, you someone that is more powerful than you. You're always the one that when you blow up, everybody hides. Have you seen dynamite in a cartoon before? 
eh? a stick of dynamite. That thing they like that burns. One boom like that. So you, you have one. You try to pull it out, blow up. Everybody runs. Now go marry someone. Have you seen those ones? They tie many together. You now discover that your spouse is a collection of three, of a three bundles. You all now boom, you they do. They, all, they go boom, 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 boom. That one where the house flies up into the air. Boom, you now discover. So what shall you do? You realize that you are like twinkle, twinkle, little star next to hard rock metal music. You thought you were something. And you're like, God, save her, change her. And God says, I will, I will. I will, we're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> People start seeing you in church anyhow, thinking you're not a committed Christian. They don't know your space you need. You have joined four departments willingly. Anything to keep you out as late as possible. <laughs> Our doors will stay open. <laughs> you even create a department of you. In case all the departments have nothing to do. You, 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 you don't come up with something to do. One man praise team. People will come in, you're singing. Right, because the person where they house, the one where you say I do too, and you say I do too, she's a fire and she's a war. They're like, God, why? Why? You skipped your classes. You refuse to learn obedience through suffering. You're suffering now. Is it? I mean, what are you going through, son? I'm suffering. Exactly. And what did I say suffering does? I love obedience. Good. You refuse to be praying properly. Now you're praying. Tunde Bakare said he used to. I'm talking about uh, Tunde Bakare again. Now, before he married, he was prayerful. But yeah, because I had, what's his name? Ghani me. Lawyers. Have you of Ghani? Nigeria Weekly Law Reports. You know the reports are his, right? Huh? Why are those lawyers? I'm looking for. They don't know. Some don't know. I mean, you didn't know. He, that Nigerian Weekly Law Report, Nagani, the writer, Nagani gets, he produced it. Now, Gani, human rights activist, lawyer, always challenging authority, all that, was Tunde Bakare's boss. And it was Tunde Bakare's birthday. And I saw you watch the video clip. This is 2000, early 2000 and something. And he said, oh, Tunde, when he was working with me, was always fasting. So when the people in the firm would say, let's go and eat, he used to say no. He's always fasting. And then he would come to me. This is a Muslim. Ghani was a Muslim. And tell me, in court, this is what will happen today. And he said, it will happen exactly like that. I heard it from Ghani's mouth. I didn't hear it from today, but I heard it from Ghani's mouth. Ghani had a terrible Yoruba accent. <laughs> okay. Thick accent. He was walking with Ghani. The Ghani went and married the second wife. He, he told him, if you marry, I'll leave. Imagine that kind of junior. When the man married, he left. <laughs> What's your business? Your boss married second wife. What's your... But that's how the man was. He said, I, I, I'll leave. I'll just stay. Married, he left. Now, but why I told... I was starting telling the stories. He and his wife used to clash. Tune Bakari and his wife, they would Terribly. And he said he learned to pray. <laughs> yeah, prayer warrior. <clears throat> so he used to pray, but he prayed more. He became deep with God. When you have sorrow at home, I've told you how most women prayer warriors are created. is their husband. Uh, I'm telling you, many women's ministries, that's how it began. I'm serious. Who has met, who has heard of any? 
The woman, very, ah, God uses her. The wala she has at home has made a warrior out of her. She too is a warrior. It's not against the husband. It is, she, she has had to seek God. She goes to God to cry and God says, eh, 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 why you're here? Let's talk about the poor children of Kilimanjaro. <laughs> eh, why you're there? You know, I, I was praying, crying to God and God now showed me a vision of a village in Urefonruko. And you still don't understand. You know, there are very many ignorant people. Say, oh, Lord, but this is not what I came to pray about. When God has organized your transport fare to exactly where he wanted. Oh, he would have told you in year three, university, you were deaf. No, 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 no. It's quiet, you joined. You always like fine voices. Who does not like fine voices here? Let me see your hand. We'll do your deliverance now. You always like nice voices. You don't like. You're here. You hate. You like rough, bad voices. Even animals like fine voices. Animals like good music. Music. I've seen animals leave where they are standing. People stand and play violin on the road. They will leave the grass they are eating and come and stand by the fence. I've seen videos of that. Very interesting. Everything likes music. So you too. That's why you are in the choir. Even though your voice is not good, but that's why you are in the choir. <sighs> All of you that can't sing, you come, I'll kick you out. Don't know your calling. Get ready. I'm coming to GMT. God says we should sing and send out the music. So if you know your voice is Boropos. Some of you, you're called to intercessory ministry and other things. And because you're not doing, I'm so serious. So much remind me that I said this under the anointing, please. Before it leaves and I become weak, Pastor Ita again, I beg. Please note that. Remind me. I need to purge the choir. The we don't have a choir. We have a music team. Purge the music team. Some of you, you're not fulfilling your purpose. You're harming yourself. You don't know God. You don't know God's ways. You are not supposed to be in no choir. That's not your calling at all. At all. You you're there because you like music. Everybody loves music. Good music. Your calling is something else. You didn't care to ask. You suspected. You can't know somehow, but you try to ignore it. And you put yourself where you want. So, fine. Now you now went and came and come and married. And God said, uh -huh, let's continue. Uh, you know that your intercessory ministry. Uh, how do we get her to uh, pray at least one hour a day? Let's start with one hour. We draw grace from that man. That's how you say the man just changed. His change came. The source of all grace, we drew the grace. So collect that grace, give it back to him. And I think, how long do you think you take? Where's her gathered angel? Hey, come, how long do you think you take? Uh, based on my observations in the past, I think um, in two years we might do something. Even though I hope she won't be like the other one that took 20 years old. But let's 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 try something. Combined with her pastor's teaching, it might be faster. There are people that never change. Let me tell you, they are the ones that never change. They will die, they will go to the grave on changing. I've seen them. Many of them, the, the marriage cutters, they are like, I die before I yield. And when they stand before God, there will be great sorrow. Because God will tell you, wow, my calling for you, don't trust it. Like, like I can never let a man. Oh, did you ask me? Okay, so those four dreams I showed you at the beginning of that thing, you didn't understand. It wasn't obvious, the interpretation, right? You saw it in a dream. You woke up, you came and acted exactly how you were acting. Is it him that gave you the dream? You know it was me that gave you that dream. You woke up with that, that dream and you're shaking your head and disagreeing with me. 
and you enforced your disagreement. That was within the first four or five months of this trouble. Thereafter, you grieved the Holy Spirit till he left. He stopped talking to you about it. You went around garnering support from human beings, telling as many as you can. And they put mouth and say, why? Why? You ignored completely what I was telling you. Saying, endure it. It is for a season and it's for a purpose. It's for a season and it's for a purpose. It's for a season and it's for a purpose. You wouldn't tell spiritual people who know how to understand signs. You wouldn't. You went to those you know that are paid supporters. You know, many people do this. You never go to, you won't come to someone like me to tell something. Because you know, I'm going to say, um, let's pray about it. You don't, you, so people hate me. Even my church members, some people, it's not total hate. It is partial hate. Because I, every time it's, let's pray about it. Have you prayed about it? Let's pray. Some of you don't hate me again. You used to hate me. Raise your hand. You used to hate me every time I pray. Let's pray about it. Raise now. Okay, everybody close your eyes. It's only me that I'll see. Oh, they are all in the overflow. These are new people. These ones are visitors. They can't hate me. Overflow. All the hands are up, baby. <laughs> okay. Now, there are people that they didn't like. They won't call it hate. So they don't, all they know is that they just make sure they don't tell certain people. Someone say, tell your shepherd. They say, well, it's not exactly what pastor will say that they will say. So they make sure they don't. So they tell one person who knows nothing, doesn't know their left from their right. That's who they will tell. That one will give you support. The problem with support from such people is that it leads you into problems. Because those people don't know anything. Two of you are similar. Wood. They are trying to sharpen wood. Allow God to put you through his suffering classes. Are you hearing me? Yes, there's levels of suffering. There's small suffering. There's big suffering. I always go for small. Who goes for small suffering? Small suffering is better than big suffering. Yes, yes. An annoying roommate who uses your pail of water that you fetched and kept in this water scarcity. You fetched. You know what you went through. What exam? Exam my foot. Is she the first person to have exams? I'm waiting for her to come back. Better go and fetch water and stop waiting for anybody to come back. Go and fetch another water. Thank God for a roommate who only uses your water once in two months. Because you can have the one that uses it daily. So again, who is for small suffering above big suffering? Small suffering, only once in a month. Now nah, they're bad. Not only once in a month. Less eh, counts. I used your detergent last week. Small. Yes, it was small remaining now, so I feel that's why I finished. Yes. I used your spoon and I lost it. Mm, I think it was a strong spoon. Yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't a good spoon. Yeah, but how much will it cost? Not 800. Okay, whatever. I used your spoon and then I used your uh, slippers. We, we are, I, see, I've been searching. I'm telling you the truth. I've walked through the compound. <laughs> but, but count it now. We've been living here six months. Is it not all these three things? Okay, plus the other two. He said, yeah, five things. Ah, uh -uh, I'm a good roommate. Only small devil. Small. In fact, this one is not even devil. This is just flesh. You want to live with the one that you have nothing. Who has lived with someone who you are sure they sent from the Netherlands? <laughs> you are sure they sent. This one is not maybe behaving as if they sent you. There's no behaving as if they sent you. You know they sent you. I know they sent you. We know they sent you. <laughs> oh, let me see your hands again. We have a few here. I've heard some of their testimonies in the past. People they send that tell 
I remember years ago, this bro. So let me tell you one of the ways Michael grew fast. Was it Michael Salvation? Both of you. How these people grew spiritually fast? You think it's from speaking tongues? Rakata, keta, keta, keta. The the guy used. To, I'm remembering this three years ago. For he would tell them what he used to say again. He he would tell them directly. I'm going to bring out that demon in you. It's not pretending. This one not be saying. Maybe if direct, he would tempt you. He will come and grapple with you to fight you for no reason. Like, like I must push you till something, till you snap. He wasn't hiding. He said it. The guy was a Buddhist. A temporary Buddhist. Temporary Buddhist sometimes. Just different things. Wondrous things like this. And he's not hiding. You know, some of these, see, let me tell you something about these people that are open in their practice. You should appreciate them. At least they've told you. Do you understand? It's not the one that you keep wondering. Is, is this a mistake? It's not a mistake. He has told you. He has come out for war. I've come to attack you. How can you still be defeated when you were told? I don't know if you should take a moment and give thanks for enemies that we know are enemies. <laughs> when they send them and they know they send them and you know and they even tell you they sent me. Just appreciate God. Father, I thank you for this knowledge. Help me to overcome. Then there are those that you keep questioning. Those things will mature you. To mature you fast. It makes you fall on your knees often. It makes you pray. It turns you into a prayer. Oh God, help me. Oh God, help me. God, keep me. You drag fruit. You steal fruit of the spirit. You just do anything. It matures you. Thereafter, let me tell you how life works. When you have encountered very difficult people, who has done this thing? When you encounter difficult people again, you measure them against that one. And you're like, this one has small channel. How many of you have found out that when you have overcome big challenges, that smaller challenges can be more easily overcome? In your mind, you just, oh, you want to get angry. Then you hear a voice say, but what is this compared to the other one? You're like, it's true. <laughs> you, you're about to flop. Then you just smile. Maria, let me pass. Yeah, entire room. <laughs> Is that, is that good? Ca carry it. Carry it. Don't worry. Carry it. I'll get another one tomorrow. Take it. Some don't look and say, wow, this person is so mature. How did you become mature? How did you become mature? Were you born mature? No, you passed through the fire. He was with you. Through the rivers. He did not overflow. <laughs> it's God. You think God can't change your roommate like this? You think he cannot change your husband, your wife, your parents? You don't understand life. God can change. Even a king's heart is in the Lord's hands. He turns in any direction. He can do anything. Instantly. It was not time for Joseph to come out of the prison. Are you hearing me? It was not the appointed time. Are you hearing me? There's nothing like the guy forgot. He didn't forget anything. What did that man say? He said, today I remember my sins. Why do you remember that day? Who forgets a thing like that? Someone gave you a prophetic word that they release you from prison. You forget him for two years. What kind of evil grace is that? Two years. Two years. Two years. You go home. You forgot to tell your wife. Ah, there's this guy in prison that, 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 that told me. Hey, it's true. I should visit that. Who forgets like that? He's not forgetting. The Lord took it from his mind. Because Joe still had to go through some courses. Do you understand? And Joseph had to learn management. 
He was doing a course in management. It's just that God doesn't mind venue. <laughs> he didn't know. One of the greatest challenges we have with not learning from God, blindness does, is that you don't understand when you're going through classes. When the Most High has organized your class neatly and you are completely blind because your definition of class is this. Eh, at least I know I came to church to learn, not something that someone will be pushing me. What do you mean by going to church to learn? Where did God, where did Jesus go to learn? Where did they find Jesus? In the, talk up, the speak up now. In the, they brought Jesus from the temple and took him home to learn obedience. So where was his classroom, his greater classroom? See, when we come together in the house of God, the temple, it is to discuss, rub our minds, scripture, you know, to, you know, when you come out here, do you understand? That's school. Receive understanding. Ask the Lord, take a moment and pray and say, God, help me remember these things. Let me understand that my schooling for sonship, my sonship class, my sonship schooling is anywhere you choose. Anywhere you choose. Help me remember these things. Help me to remember these things. This is my prayer, good God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Yeah. Amen? God's venues are anywhere. I'm giving you wisdom. God does venue anywhere. He doesn't care. He does not care. God has never cared about venue. In fact, his venues are the best. So God is a practicals lecturer. He loves practicals. So he, he goes, uh, uh, where should we, ah, how do we teach uh, this guy? What do we, okay, uh, get Nebuchadnezzar to build a fire that can be heated seven times. Let him build one of that, those, they are nonsense. Huh? All right, I have a class for my, for my guys. Hananiah, where are you? Azariah, where are you? Messiah, are you there? All right, so today we'll be doing practicals in, um, you know, there are a few things I need to keep a record about for the future generation that when it gets hotter and hotter, I will show. The more it's hot, the more I show. I also want to teach you guys that when I baptize the earth with fire, you know, we did water already, you know, so we're going to do fire, but I have to let my people know that that fire, when they pass through it, I'll be with them. I will be with them. Is, is that the Bible? Isaiah, okay, good. So I'll be with you. And you know how Isaiah had said and kept ahead. You guys are going to practicalize it for all generations, okay? Mm -hmm. Then um, also, um, we need to get across to Nebuchadnezzar. I think it's time. It's drawing near to him. It's time for him to be saved. And uh, you know, I've sent him on all these jobs. And the guy has been faithful. I mean, he took the different cities. Even Jerusalem, he didn't destroy it at once. It's because they disobeyed. So, he has been a faithful servant, my servant, Jeremiah 27, he has been a Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. So I, you know, he has been faithful in little. I want to give him more. Uh -huh. And then, uh, so again, it's too much for you guys. You guys, uh, this is your BSc. Uh, don't worry. Just get ready. There's a class we are going. Oh yeah, dress up. Let's go. He will not tell you, they will tie you. He will not tell you how. You see, the calling is obedient. The calling is not, they get there. Who knows? Everybody, bang, 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 bow. Cannot bow. You know, a three-four chord is not easily broken. You know why I pity many people? You're not tied to anything. Not only you. You're not even a two-four chord. You're a chord. <laughs> Ask the Lord to deliver you from being a chord alone. 
It does not help on your own. Ah, you're a serious Christian on your own. You will not last long. Father, help me. Give me others. A threefold cord. When I have others, when I have others, when I have others, I can face fire. When we pass through the fire, we shall not be burned. Help me to keep the company of the righteous. Help me to be friends with wise men. Help me to stay in the company of the righteous. This is my prayer. This is our prayer. This is our prayer, O oh Lord God. Bind us together with others who fear you. Those who seek the Lord. Those who fear the Lord. Those who call on the name of the Lord. You are the one, O oh God, who is able to save to the uttermost. Those who fear you. Lord, give me the ability to be bound. Give me friends that fear you. Give me family in the spirit. The family in the spirit that stand for righteousness. Who are willing to lay down their lives for righteousness. Thank you, great God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Those guys. You know when, if it was only one person. But these guys were together. It's not the first time they had resisted evil. So they stood. So we won't bow. The king liked them. And he knew they were Daniel's guys. So he went, um, all right, I'm going to give you guys another chance, okay? When they play the music. Uh, okay. Kwamasa. Uh, king, excuse me, sir. Yes, sir. No need. Even if you play from now to next week, we will not bow. Our God can save us. Even if he doesn't, we die here. The king went, seven times. Whoa! Throw them in! They threw them in. They came out. Different. Their change came through the fire. Their condition before them was bound. When they came out, they were not bound. There wasn't even the smell of smoke on their body. They were completely untouched. That's what it means. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, it shall not overflow. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flames scorch you. Isaiah 43 verse 2. So it tells you this. It won't hurt you. There are fires of different kinds. The psychological fires, everybody, you feel as if you're in fire, you're feeling hot and cold. When they're shouting at you, the way you felt, oh God, this happened to you, that, ah, I remember that time in my life. Child of God, don't bow. If you will stay there, when you come out, you'll be free of bondages. Are you hearing me? Oh, you'll be free of bondages. After that, they got promoted and a law went into the land that nobody even speaks against their God. That was just part of God's plan. Then he also kept a sermon for preachers to preach. Do you know how many people have stood for righteousness because of that story? You can't count. It's not, you can never count. Now, what if those three guys say, God, please, I don't care. Don't put me through any. I don't want to do that class. I don't want the practicals. Only give me the written theoretical version. We wouldn't take them seriously. Do you understand? Are you willing to be used for practice too, for others to look and learn? May God give us grace to stand in the middle of it. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to fall into the hands of God. Are you understanding? It's not this whole thing about, no, 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 no. I believe God for this. Why do, why do you think God is bad? Why are you afraid of God in a bad way? There's a good fear of God. Then there's a bad fear like, you see, God is just trying to set us up. He wants to deal with us. Why do you think that? That's Satan talking to you. Satan wants you to think God is bad and hates you. God has given us understanding by his grace. 
But in spite of, I, I'm tying that loose end up. In spite of everything God has given me understanding about, you've heard me. I'm the major preacher you've heard bashing this whole thing about running after knowledge. Like a, like a goal. You don't pursue knowledge for knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. First Corinthians 8. You want to be puffed up. Don't you know what happens to things that are puffed up? When you prick it, it explodes. Don't prick something that is not puffed up. Not, it doesn't explode. Don't be puffed up. I was saying those things about knowledge. I, I know I didn't make that point. To let you know that in spite of the fact that you've probably had some of the most advanced knowledge of the scriptures in this house, if you've been here for any length of time, in spite of that, I consistently tell you, don't run after knowledge for knowledge's sake. Knowledge is not never to be gotten for knowledge's sake, for showing off, for boasting, for impressing people. Never. Knowledge is for work, for building, for gathering fruits. Philippians 1 tells you, this is my prayer that my love may abound, your love, my love may abound, your love, Paul was praying for us, you know, may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So love abounds in knowledge. The more knowledge there is, the more love you should be able to practicalize and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern, distinguish, identify what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. That's the purpose of knowledge. Knowledge has a purpose, not for showing off, not for coming here. Hallelujah. And then you start saying things that people go, wow, whoa, yay, whoa. I'm not saying you can't be amazed at knowledge, but I'm saying that that's not, you can't have that as a goal. Never. If I had that as a goal, you think you've heard anything? There are things I would have told you. Every meeting, you'll be, you'll not be sitting down. But Remember what I said at the beginning. Your job is not to impress people. Your job is to say whatever the Holy Spirit is saying. Then the Holy Spirit is repeating itself for the 79th time. Your job is to repeat it. Are you understanding? Your job is not to come and bring another. Moses doesn't come and say, well, um, you guys, you know, I haven't really told you some of my friendship with God secrets. <laughs> oh, yeah, notebooks. <laughs> All right. Now, you see, there was that other time I was on the mountain for 40 days. On the third day, do you know where God took me to? No. That's all. Not what, God said, recite to them. Moses would say what God said he should say. That's what knowledge is for. For you to dispense the one God says you should keep the rest. It's like saying food. Then you go and bring out all the food in the store and cook at once. What for now? Some food is not to be touched till December. It's not time. It's not needed. Is this clear? The Lord, the Lord Jesus came, gave us an example of how to prepare to be a son. He showed us how. Through the things you experience. Are you going to be willing? It's why we walk by faith. And he puts you through things. And you go through it because he says you should go through it. It's not, a matter, it's not that you like it. It is that he said you should go through it. He told you. He tells you. Jesus looks at the father and says, Father, can this cup, this particular cup pass from me? I've been obedient since, but this one, hi. He sweated blood. No, but not my will, oh. <sighs> not my will, but shall I say, take this, but for this reason I came. Obviously, the father sends angels to serve him. But none of them say, okay, you not go through it. No, they say you go, you go through it. Be strong. Be bold. Receive strength. Amen. See you on the other side of the fire. Said, I have a cup to drink. I have a baptism that I must be baptized. Was a fiery baptism. Most people never. 
Yeah, uh, King, don't worry. Don't we will bow now. Is it not just bow, guys? One, two, three. <laughs> just, uh, just bow. What's there? How many seconds? Huh? Then they go home. As they say, God forgive us. So, all of you that think like that in this house, you will not be a son. No, you know how can you be a son? The sonship class don't do things like that. Compromising everything, saying, "Well, I'll ask God to forgive me." How many of you know He will forgive? Oh, you don't know. You have not been listening to your pastor. Well, He will forgive you. Forgive. What has forgiveness to do with disqualification? Is you that mixes up everything in your mind. He will forgive you because every sin which men commit and blasphemy shall be forgiven them. Who said that? Oh, Jesus Christ the Lord said it. Who are you? I'll take you on over his own. You will be forgiven. If we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to, you've been forgiven. You see, but your teachers forgot to teach you what I continually teach you. It's called consequence. You don't understand consequence. Consequence is that the cup has broken. Daddy has forgiven you, but the cup is still broken. You didn't hear me? The cup is broken. They cannot use it again. The pieces have been retired. You cannot be used for the class on enduring fire that is seven times hot anymore. There's no, that story is not in existence. We have to come up with something else. It is not your name that will be on it. You don't get Moses, speak to the rock. You want us to give you water from this rock? Bah! Bah! Ah, Moses, ah, Mo ah Mo oh, Moses, hey, yeah, you have spoiled the story, hey, the rock does not die two times, no, 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 hey, Moses, you're not entering, you're not entering, Moses, you're not entering, if you now enter, you now seem as though you can, no, 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 affliction shall not rise a second time, Moses, you're, you've tampered with scripture, Moses, Moses, you don't hit that rock, you, you, you of all people, you, so you got carried away. Uh, Moses, oh yeah, climb mountain. Look at the land. Entering, you shall not enter. Have you seen it? Oh yeah, come down. I'll bury you. Come upstairs. That's how they took Moses out of the show. He spoiled the, the picture. Jesus doesn't die twice. He had been struck before. Water flowed out from his side. You struck it again. Moses, you want them to strike my body again. You think we are playing here? See, God has a plan. So, he, you know, those guys would have spoiled things. But thank God, they didn't spoil things. They didn't bah. Were there the only three Jews in, in Babylon? So where were the rest? Bowing down before an idol. Just like most Christians today. Bowing down everywhere. Messing up God's pictures. We were supposed to be pictures. Others should have looked at us and said, Do you notice those guys didn't bow? When I leave here, I'm meeting those guys. Even though we bowed. But there's something those guys must know that we don't know. Uh, excuse me, uh, Anana, Michelle, Azara. I just need to ask you, can we talk? Where do you guys get your confidence from? It's called evangelism. Do people turn to God from watching people who do not compromise? Do people respect people who compromise? Do people who continually compromise have a habit of leading people to Christ? No. You despise them. You say things that are even better than you. But those who are stable, people watch you in your class, in your room, in your house. After a while, your younger brother tells you, I think I'll come to that, your church. Who understands these things we are saying? Ask the Lord, please. I don't want to be a source of stumbling to anybody. May I be steadfast in my love for you. Oh, because of me, let many turn to righteousness. Because of my love for you, my obedience to you, may I turn many to righteousness. Good Father!
Let me be a light in the darkness. Let me be a source of encouragement, O oh Lord God. Let my steadfastness be the reason people seek the God of Jacob and Israel. Because of me, let no one speak evil against my God. May no one be speaking evil against my God because of me and my choices. Thank you, great God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. You learn obedience through the things you suffer. Suffering is not enjoyable. You don't know the passage, Hebrews chapter 12. Go and read from verse 1 to 14. Write it down. You don't know. You haven't heard me talk about it. Even if you have Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 14. Read it and see how the fruit of righteousness comes out. It's through suffering. Listen, don't create suffering for yourself. Never create suffering for yourself. Behave nicely with your roommate, your parents. But if suffering comes, because of righteousness. First Peter 4. First Peter 2 and First Peter 4. Write it down. Go and read. You know, if suffering comes because you choose to do what is right. Okay. The Bible says you should not be ashamed. The Bible says don't be ashamed. Don't feel bad. All right. If you do the right thing, you can. That First Peter 2. Uh, you can read from. You can read the whole thing. Uh, it will be good to read the whole thing. But an emphasis is verse. Uh, 19, you know, for it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because you are conscious of God. So because of God, now other then you read the whole chapter. It will show you how the Lord Jesus endured suffering. Then chapter 4, okay, from the first verse, First Peter chapter 4, you know, the whole chapter, you know, simple. It says in the last verse 19, so then those who suffer according to God's will, those who suffer according to have you seen there's a suffering according to God's will? Good. That's the only suffering you're allowed to suffer. There's a suffering that is not according to God's will. There's a suffering that comes from not returning someone's thing that you borrowed. I'm not talking to you. That's not suffering according... No. <laughs> you are not permitted to suffer outside of God's will. Be the correct person. Do not be the one who took someone's slippers and they came and embarrassed you in public. Buy your own slippers. Yeah, I, I was just escorting my friend outside. Give my slippers. So let me be nice today. Next week, I'll pray they'll embarrass you in public. Christians should never be the source of stress. Don't stress anybody in this world. Be a correct human being. I used to feel embarrassed to be a source of any stress to anybody. You, not you. You know, there's a Christianity now that worries me seriously. It has always been though. I, I didn't practice it though. And nobody was breathing down my neck telling me these things all the time. Holy Spirit taught me. Say, why should you be the one that is a stumbling block? Why should you be the one that takes people's slippers? Why should you be the one that took someone's water? How can you be the one that did this and did that? Not you. Everyone else. Not you. Not you. Not you. Be a correct. Let be all correct. Not you. It's not you that left the plate and didn't wash. Not you. Let others do it. It's not you. It's not you that failed to do your duty. It's not on the day you had a duty that there was failure. Not you. Everybody else, not you, not you. You're a child of God. Because the suffering that comes from that is not according to God's will. Are you hearing me? As we already prayed, you shouldn't be a stumbling block. Make sure all the days of your life you continue as the Lord. May I not be a source of pain? Have you read about Jabez before? May I not cause pain? Never be a source of pain. When you read about Jabez, you think of money, Abby. God will deliver you. Don't be a source of small pain or big pain. Don't be a source of pain at all. 
Don't make people to be in pain. Let them not think of you and pain comes. Be a source of peace. When you enter a house, you should leave your peace on it. And by that, I mean someone's life. Can't be because of it. It's you that they are asking. Please, who took my soap dish here? Please, who carried it here? Please, who took spoon here? See, if I start this thing, I'll not stop. If you know, you'll be, <laughs> as usual, you'll be surprised. I thought we are talking about resurrection of the dead. I am. I am talking about resurrection of the dead. If you don't stop being a source of pain, you will never partake in the first resurrection. You're a source of pain. Jesus did not do what you did. You want to be like Jesus? Then you are the correct guy. It's not you that piles up dirty things that on, on, when you are responsible, there's, there's stress. You create stress. Don't create stress. Be the one that they refer to constantly and say, why can't you be like, make this your goal and you will qualify hugely for sonship. Have you heard me? Oh, you will qualify. Ah, when they are doing short list, your name will be on the list. I'm not joking. I was telling someone, you know, on my trip, you know, that, and I've told, of course, you guys have heard it. Everybody is not called to serve in the temple. Everybody is not called to be a preacher like this. Everybody may preach, but you're not called to do this full time. Everybody is not called to serve in the house. Most people are called to serve out there. You serve different people. You serve the world. You serve the church. You serve the Lord. Everybody is not called to do the same thing. When you don't understand this, your eyes are continually on, can I do this? Can I do that? Stop trying to impress anyone. Constantly think of how do I please God. Then God says, go and submit yourself to your boss. Be at work on time. Be the one who submits. Be correct. Be blameless like Daniel. Blameless. The only way they should catch you and say, this guy will deal with you is that, Oga, he left by five o'clock, the closing time. He went, he said he's going to a church. That's the only kind of flaw you should have. He's always a God. Let it only be God matter that causes stress. Any other thing is wrong. Let them know that, ah, no, I don't, no, I don't play with God. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir, you know, on this day and this day, I may stay extra time on this day, but on this day, I have to be. And it's not an emergency, sir. Okay, let me carry it home. I'll do it. I'll bring When I'm done with the church meeting, I'll bring it. Oh, let them know that there's an area where you, you don't shake. Nobody can. If you like, pass a National Assembly law. In praying, Daniel will pray. You people pass that law just to stop me from praying. You have failed. Do you understand this? So I want us to pray one more prayer that we pass our exams. You want to pass your exams? The real exams. Not that thing you people do. The exams are when you pass. One day God is going, well done. Good and Come, rule over 10 cities. Which you want? Oran or Refor Ruko? Not you foolish servant. Depart from me into... What kind of thing is that? When two of you had the same chance. It is possible to pass. It is possible to attain sonship. Is this okay? Can we lift our hands and thank God for the things we've heard and learned today? Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for light, direction, and instruction. We bless your name. We give you all the glory and honor and power and praise. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Be thou enthroned on high. You're a good God and your love endures forever. Amen. Now you're praying and saying, God, I only want, put that passage back. I only want to suffer according to the will of God. Chapter 4, verse 19. So then those who suffer according to God's will should entrust their souls to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Are you hearing? Your continuing to do good is resulting in suffering. He says you should not stop doing the good. Have you seen it? Don't stop doing the good. When you go back, complete this in your notebook. Don't stop doing Even though it's bringing suffering, but it's because you're doing good. 
When you suffer for doing good, he didn't say stop doing the good. He said you should continue. Why they are, why you're suffering? Because Satan is trying to get you to stop doing the good. Huh? But it's through doing good that you attain honor, glory, and immortality, according to Romans 2. Satan knows it. He's trying to disqualify you from being a son. He's trying to reduce the number of people that will qualify. You should want to be a son. They are the ones that will renew the earth. It's going to be a beautiful time. I know we are talking now. I keep saying it. One day, you remember, <laughs> one day people look at themselves and go like, Kai, oh God, you made it. Oh God, we made it. Then we jump and touch a cloud. And there will be people that will not be there because you did not make it. Because you went with the easy. You couldn't. Let's just bow. Let's just. I like Pastor Itao, but you know, let's be real. And you will be disqualified. You will not attain sonship. You are still a believer, but you will not attain sonship. You will not be given authority over the nations of the earth. People run for office for four years. The Bible tells you that these guys will reign with Christ for 1,000 years. That's first term. 1,000 years. They will be given authority over the whole earth. That is the price. That is the promise. That's what faith is for. To be given authority over the earth. That they will select, they will cut out this Nigeria and someone will be the ruler of it for 1,000 years. Is that a joke? It's in your Bible. I gave you the passages. I hope you wrote them down. Go and read them if you don't know it. It's not heaven. He promised. He promised authority on the earth. It's not Jehovah's doctrine. It's in the Bible. Jehovah's Witness doctrine. It's all over the Bible. I want you to ask the Lord, please help me to endure to the end and continue to do good, no matter the suffering I go through. Pray, 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 pray. Father, help me. Help me. Help me. No matter where I go, no matter what I go through, help me endure to the end. No matter what I suffer, no matter what I do, Father God, you God, help me because we are true. Give us power, Lord God, to stand, Lord, through the wars. Father, help us fight. Lord God, never fall. Hey, pray. Oh. If you like, stare around. Don't pray. Don't talk to God. Talk to God about what you've had. If you never do any good, ask God that from now you will begin to learn to do good. Because it's according to what you have done. You will be judged according to what you have done. Help me to endure and keep doing good. Even if there's suffering involved. Thank you, great God. Blessed be your name. We look to you and we are saved. Lift your hands, everyone. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for your word and your encouragement today. Help us keep company with those who will push us to do good. Amen. Help us hang out. In scriptures, in our reading, in our studies, in our watching, in our listening. In the company we keep physically. Help us keep company with those who do what is good. Amen. And those who have learned to endure. Give us Hananias, Mishas, and Azarias as our friends. Amen. Give us Daniel types as friends, oh God. Amen. Those who strive to obey and serve in spite of popular opinion. May we never join the popular opinion that disobeys you. Amen. Even if we are the only one, help us continue to stand and do what is good. Amen. Thank you, good Father. You, Father, I ask for your children more grace. Amen. Yes, God, you promise grace for the humble. They've humbled themselves and desired what you desire. May be unto them according to your word. Amen. 
Yes, God. They've asked according to your will. You promise if you ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And whatsoever things we've asked, you give us the petitions we desired of you. Let it be to them according to your word. Amen. And you're the one, oh God, that says that if they suffer after a while, they'll be strengthened, established, and settled. Lord God, everyone that has gone through some suffering, let them come to a place of rest and establishment and settlement. Amen. Yes, God, according to your word, according to your word, let it be so to them. Everyone who has gone through seasons of suffering, who is supposed to come to a season of rest, let that season of rest come about. Keep them from failing just before they come to the place of rest. Keep them from floundering as the devil often does and tries to make them trip up just before they come to an oasis of rest. He tries to push them down so that they will not enter a season of rest, but they will enter a season of trouble instead, a season of sorrow, a season of unhappiness after compromising. Deliver all these ones from this folly in Jesus' name. Amen. Help your children. Give them the company they need. Amen. Those that are loners, that have not been obedient about keeping company with the righteous, who don't reach out, who keep things to themselves till now and do foolish things and mistrust those who love you. Father God, especially the younger ones, I'm asking that you send help from Zion. Amen. Lord God, send help from every dimension. Send help. Every older person who continually despises the instructions and opens up themselves to the temptation. The one that needs smacking, smack them in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, teach them that you discipline those you love. And help them get the lesson. Huh. Deliver us from not getting the lesson, oh Lord God. Amen. May we never be blind enough not to know why we are being thrashed. Amen. May we end the thrashing by understanding. Thank you, good father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, good father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. If you have an offering cash, bring it. I'm going to pray for the offering and close you. Father, I'm asking that you, of course, you may make a transfer to, I don't mean only in cash. No, father, I ask concerning the offerings that have been given already during the week and the ones that are being given now. I ask that you receive it. Father, I ask that you cause there to be more abundance that they might have to give and to extend your kingdom. Let it bring good in the earth. Cause it to multiply like you are able to do. Let it multiply. Lord, you see the abundant needs we have to execute for the kingdom of God. Let the things we've been given, let the uh, treasures committed to our hands, let it rebuild the temple. Let the house of God be rebuilt according to your word. Thank you, good father. Replenish. Strengthen and encourage. Let thanksgiving abound to you for these things. Blessed be your name. Amen. As you bless your children as they go, give them favor and grace. As they go and begin to obey the authorities in their life, let men see and glorify you in heaven. Amen. Yes, let men see their good works and glorify you in heaven. Amen. Let men see their good works and glorify you in heaven. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We pray you receive eyes to see ears to hear and an understanding heart remember test all things and hold fast to what is good for more information visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org